Environmental education is failing our kids. That according to David Sobel. He teaches teachers how to teach environmental studies at Antioch University. His article, Look, Don't Touch, is in the latest edition of Orion magazine. Professor, welcome to Living on Earth. Nice to be here. So the thesis in your article, Look, Don't Touch, is basically that uh, environmental education is one of the causes of children's alienation from nature. How is that? It seems odd, I think, that this is happening. And it's important to understand that it's not all environmental education. It's just some environmental education that tends to separate kids from the natural world rather than engage them with it. Well, how is it? How does that happen? It happens through a lot of quiet and kind of underground messaging so that when you take kids to a nature center, it becomes really important to stay on the trail and you can't pick things up because the oils from your hands might harm the amphibians. There's a lot of that kind of look at stuff, but don't touch it. And that becomes counterproductive. There's too much narration and telling in environmental education and not enough collecting and exploring. Is part of that from uh, helicopter parents hovering over their kids, overprotective, afraid? You know, it's a jungle out there. There are ticks and the mosquitoes. Yeah, it's partially that's a function of helicopter parents, but it's also a function of the fact that nature center staffs have taken on that same level of anxiety. And so they know that parents are concerned about this stuff so that they're going to actually make sure that they don't do anything that's going to make parents be concerned about their kids getting ticks or getting poison ivy or that kind of stuff. So no playing in trees, no building tree houses, no digging in the dirt, basically kind of sterilizing nature. Sterilizing nature, right, exactly. And it's problematic because that's exactly contrary to what kids need in order to engage with the natural world. You write that environmental educators need to allow children to be untutored savages. Yeah, those words are from E.L. Wilson, who's the kind of noted entomologist at uh, Harvard. And it comes from his autobiography in which he said that he was essentially an untutored savage in his own childhood. And then he says that kids need the time to be untutored savages when they just kind of engage and, you know, search for stuff and collect stuff in the natural world rather than just looking. And when I read that, I, I was thinking, Lord of the Flies, you know, kind of allowing kids <laughs> just to go out there and, uh, and do their thing. Yeah, the untutored savages can evoke the Lord of the Flies image. And the research about what makes for good environmentalists is that Yes, you can get the untutored savages, Lord of the Flies experience, but you also need to have, therefore, adults that model that it's okay to collect and pick up and return things to their natural habitat. But I'm wondering if even that is over-teaching. That is, you know, um, when I was a kid, I was building a treehouse. I was doing stuff alone. Nobody was teaching me anything. I was learning by myself. Yeah, those are all things kids should do. You probably had some adults saying what made good sense and what didn't make good sense somewhere in the background. But it's true that kids should have alone time in the woods. If it gets crazy, then it, there should be some adult intervention. So should I be taking my kids to IMAX movies? Should I be leaving National Geographics around so they pick them up? Uh... Everything in moderation. So... 
those things aren't bad, but they're bad if that's the sum total of the kid's contact with the natural world. So there needs to be a large quotient of being outdoors in the meadows and in the woods, as well as the more didactic uh, pictorial experience of IMAX and National Geographic. So basically, take the kid kayaking. Take the kid kayaking. Take the kid berry picking. Well, because a lot of parents, they, you see berry picking, and they'll say, oh my gosh, they'll pick something poisonous. I know I take my kid mushrooming, and I tell other parents, and they look at me like, oh my God, should we call you know the police on this guy? Exactly. It's fascinating how uh, shocked and disapproving other parents are about you know, that kind of behavior. And in fact, there is interesting research that's emerged that, um, you know, where you look at the relationship between childhood experiences and adult environmental values. And one of the things in childhood that seems to shape environmental behaviors in adulthood is parents taking their kids mushroom picking and berry picking. Selecting a natural resource for consumption seems to be something that leads to environmental behavior in adulthood. You know, Professor, if I were um, asked, uh, I could trace my environmentalism to when I was just maybe four years old. My mother gave me a, a spoon, put me in the garden, and I started digging to China. Do you have a memory like that? The analogous memory that I recount is a snow day when I was about eight years old, and my friend and I decided we would play this game where they were going to go off and I was going to follow them 15 minutes later. And in the midst of tromping through waist-deep snow all by myself, my glasses were fogging up. I had one of those little epiphany moments that I was out here all by myself in the snowy wilderness, and wasn't this great? It's a recurrent phenomenon that kids have these great moments somewhere in early to middle childhood that often affect them with the natural world. You know, it creates some deep, lifelong connection. It's magic. Exactly. And that's the magic that we're missing out on when we do kind of rule-bound environmental education. Well, Professor Sobel, thanks a lot. You bet. It's been fun. David Sobel's article, Look, Don't Touch, appears in the latest edition of Orion Magazine. There's a link at our website, LOE.org.